a leap and a fall. The Each One Teach One Installment by Prentice B. Johnson Published by Heesh Worldwide Publishing Copyright 2020 All rights reserved A Leap and a Fall Chapter 9 Stand for Justice, Continued Last Time Homeless, Part 1 Prentice, B. Johnson Versus Grubhub, Edina, Grubhub, Illinois April 24, 2019 Scott County Conciliation Court Grubhub and the like advertised that one could make $18 an hour to work and a guaranteed $15. After liabilities, gas, phone, vehicle maintenance, no pay from delivery to pick up, and fraud utilizing algorithm, one made less than $7 an hour. Byte Squad offered the same fails Grubhub did and they didn't pay me properly. When I tried to take those to court the assistants did not let the case in. Irrelevant, tax-absorbent, and by ignoring the whistleblower fine, thieving, Minnesota Department of Labor did not help with either issue. Nor any issue I've complained about for that matter. Closed. Stacy Tice, Christopher Tice. Versus. Prentice Johnson June 6, 2019 Judicial Officer Rex D. Stacy Scott County Eviction, UD This case came about due to my issue with being released from Honeywell and the third-degree assault against me, perpetrated by Tyrell Jackson. After the assault, my uncle allowed me to move into his place for two weeks. I was so stressed by the assault and being spoken to improperly by three co-workers, I put in my two weeks. I disclosed information to two of my three supervisors, interjecting that I hadn't committed any offense toward Tyrell, my former co-worker and assailant, and for their credibility, the information was appropriate. After, a homosexual Latino, second-tier lead, yelled at me for asking a question that there was no way for me to know the answer to, and he did understand. Next, a second-tier lead who carried an abundance of unnecessary certifications yelled at me for following the instruction of a third-tier trainer. Then, a co-worker whom I would not allow to move into my home with me, yelled at me for waking him up from his slumber during work hours. All of this, plus working 69 hours per week, plus volunteering had taken its toll. I turned in my two weeks. Then, after two days, I tried to rescind my resignation. I sat with two of the supervisors and read a short statement that I delivered from the heart. They explained that they figured I could stay, and it would be up to the manager, who was going to a different department. Between time, I was served twice by sergeant police officers. 
They stated I was not allowed to go back to Tyrell and Ariel's home. Of course, those terms were already agreed to, upon my release. Police service of restraint was witnessed by one of the Honeywell supervisors, both times. Three days before the two weeks was complete, one of the supervisors called me to an open area and notified me that I was not going to be able to stay at Honeywell. It was the same supervisor that observed the police service, twice. This caused a slight issue, but because I was able to pay a month ahead, I got back on my feet and started looking for other positions. I moved into the two-bedroom, two-floor, townhouse condominium with electric garage, open-face kitchen, microwave, fireplace, walk-in closets, and jacuzzi. I had requested that they clean the place before I moved in. Even after mutual verbal agreement that the home would be clean, at occupancy, the home was still dirty. The following obstacles existed. Thick dust on the stair ceiling and ceiling fan. Electrical problem that was simplistically a bulb in the garage that was not screwed in. Extremely dirty garage. Water hose fixture fell from the wall in garage. Old, small toilets. Dirt under refrigerator. Dirt under the oven range. Dirt under washer and dryer. Ants on the living room floor. A burn mark on the fireplace mantle. Kool-Aid stains on the vertical dining room wood counter. Cabinet screws were loose, one falling apart. Ceiling fan sparked and stopped in front of a guest, then later stopped working. Blue marks on every electrical socket in the second bedroom. Nosy neighbors. Child next door, W slash mental diagnosis, had the nerve to be thinking, nigger, consistently, before his father came outside. I removed the disturbances except for the cabinet and the ceiling fan remained problems. Chris offered me $300 off the rent. $100 off per month, for three months. It was about one quarter the amount a cleaning service would have charged them, but we had already been into the contract. Worse after three months, Chris notified me of an electric bill that was not in my name and that it was about to be disconnected. Three months they had received the bill in their name and did not notify me. Seems like a subliminal dance to be rid of me due to inability to pay. After the first year, five jobs that committed civil wrongs and forced personal damage, I'd found my last try. Travel and transportation. They were going to pay me $3,000 per month minus expenses. Of course, that company ended up being a fraud as well. I was stuck. Chris and Stacy had allowed me three months without rent and were becoming ornery about the late payments. I knew that if I'd kept going, I could make up for it. Chris and Stacy would not allow tardiness any longer. What I noticed differently was that when I couldn't pay any longer, and I began to try to negotiate still, after all of my communications were with Chris, he tried to force me to communicate with his wife, Stacy. In court,
Stacy suggested problems from the beginning and the judge believed the problems were my fault. The judge would not allow me to offer evidence of the actual violation. The court suggested I needed to pay a month's rent in order to offer evidence. I knew trouble was coming. I destroyed the home. I spray-painted the walls, splashed oil on the ceilings, bleached the carpets, put blue cleaning tablets in the toilets, and with a crowbar pulled the cabinets out. Then, I cut electrical wires and appliance tubes, sprayed the fire extinguisher, clogged the sewer, and left the water running upon my exit. Immediately, I went to the police department and turned in a signed confession. Months later, during homelessness, I was on my way to a job interview. A dumbass young adult sat inside a bus shelter smoking marijuana. I sternly requested he not smoke, and the young man threatened me. I called 911. The police officer found a warrant for my arrest. It claimed I failed appearance for felony vandalism. From the beginning, I was cooperative. I had submitted a sworn confession and I spoke to both the police and the insurance agent about the issue. They never asked why. Figure, I had never run from court. The arresting officer could have set a court date and let me go. Instead, I was placed in custody while the young man walked away with drugs. Because I was taking photos of the officer's numbers and name, he left my phone in the bus terminal. When we got in the car, I asked over and over if he had gotten my phone. He claimed he'd gotten it. But, when we got to the jail, he showed me he had everything but my phone. Before I was released, they had taken some of my belongings. Small things. But the officers had also illegally searched my belongings for drugs. I did not get everything back. Still today there is $10 left in an account at the Scott County Jail. No attempts to get that back to me. But every attempt to keep me in the court's duress. My next court date is April 20, 2021. Prentice Bernard Johnson Versus Higher Ground Catholic Charities, Catholic Charities Opportunity Center, the Salvation Army Harbor Light C. St. Olaf Catholic Church Adult Shelter. October 16, 2019. Judicial Officer Judy S. Engel. Hennepin, Civil County. Conciliation Court. One of several reports April 30, 2029, 38 p.m. Please excuse the frustration projected in the following truth whole truth, and nothing but the truth. To government officials, I am in safe and secure surroundings, University Inn, 925 Southeast 4th Street, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55414. Fortunate and unfortunately, I have been told that I do not have the coronavirus, and, I was notified by Dr. Rates or Wrights, I will be discharged from the room, tomorrow. I do not want to go back to that establishment, Salvation Army, slash higher ground, ever. It is a senseless waste of time.
April 29, 2020, 10:50 p.m. Outside, in front of the Salvation Army, as we wait to be allowed access, he starts walking back and forth in front of me. My foresight leads me to believe, he does not want to act afraid of me. He's got a weapon and he thinks to be sitting near me to cover his drugs. The person above me has been irritating me daily. I sit on the wood in front of the Salvation Army, he immediately sits by me. He is in bed, 37A. I'm trying to concentrate on a commercial video for Roast Box. It's comedy I love. I laugh. It is not a silent laugh, but it's not nearly as loud as my snore. He keeps jumping off the bed. Suspiciously. Any normal individual could see it. It's irritating the hell out of me. He comes back to the bed smelling like marijuana smoke. This last time I got up with no socks to go into the bathroom and Mike, one of the night staff, sees I do not have socks on, says something about that. I'm 100% positive that Mike's trying to provoke me before I go into the bathroom, I go into the bathroom. It smells like someone has been smoking marijuana. Then, Mike goes outside. The others go into the back room. Woke up at 5.35 a.m. to go to the bathroom. Seems the person in the bed above has been up all night. Today, at 8.30 a.m., I left the shelter. I forgot my card in the small box I placed it in to retrieve a towel. Darlene was gathering people to transfer them to hotel rooms. I asked how, she said I'd have to contact Hennepin County with no indication of what department. I contacted Rachel at Economic Assistance. She transferred me to the front door, Rebecca who gives me the runaround, then sent me to 715 8th Street Hennepin County Medical Center. At Hennepin County Medical Center, I was met at the door by a dentist. In rejection, Dr. Markowski tried giving me instructions recorded below. I left a message about my card, I have yet to hear about that. The best assumption is they tried to keep it for me, but they lost it. I got my homeless card back from one of the night staff. My first issue was an unfair release from Honeywell. Although, I was a contracted employee, in all, the release was due to poor management, and I left. There was really no proven technicality. The next issues were false advertising, illegal termination by retaliation, and a number of health violations. The company was Avis Budget Group. I have complete evidence, have reported to OSHA, and have photos. The matters were filthy and unorganized office and two bathrooms. At hand are hundreds of photos. The judge was chauvinistic. He did not hear my case. In a packet that their attorney had, evidence was the exact same. I tried to explain but the judge guided me around the subject to skip the truth. He didn't ask the defendants how they plead and dismissed the case with prejudice. 
I have been caused lack of income, eviction, and mental anguish. So, where I've turned myself in with a sworn written statement. I am now homeless. The shelters I'm forced to dwell in are dirty. The people are allowed to bring in alcohol, drugs, pills, marijuana, crack and prescriptions, and use them in the facilities. I have experienced constant troubles with incapable staff. First, I was removed for a month because I stood against a dirty facility, taking photos and videos within. I still have those. The persons that handed out linen are ignorant and smart-mouthed. Second, I was removed for a day for feeling threatened and wanting to hit a person that literally put his finger in the crack of my buttocks and moved it up four inches. Although, I tried to avoid the situation over and over, he somehow continues to dwell in places I go. Third, Friday, September 13th, they removed me for a week for becoming upset over my bag of granted linen being taken. The sheets had my name on them. The person behind the counter lied and said I swore at her. I never uttered a curse word when speaking to, nor about her. All of this while I'm attending classes to retrieve certification. I tried to survive with $400 a month. Know that if you buy healthy food you cannot eat it the next day. You cannot refrigerate healthy food. Been almost completely deprived of water. As a consequence of surroundings, my hygiene is slowed to most foul scents. Do not get to brush and floss due to lack of ability to think past the garbage and dirt they cause people to be non-conscious through. Some of us do not have a home to stay at. I, with all I offer must set at the bottom of the economy. Not just to dwell and quickly go because I have worked out my answers. More thoroughly, due to Dishonest workplaces Honeywell Even after notification, the allowance of false advertising, Indeed.com False advertising, violation of work regulation by mold of filth in the workplace Violation of health policies in the workplace other policy violations raised, like training concerns. By way of retaliation in form of false accusation, prejudice, and illegal termination, Avis budget. False accusations, discrimination, retaliation, illegal termination, Rotorooter. Retaliation and illegal termination, Nexton Stour. False advertising, fraud utilizing algorithm refuse to pay, and refuse to pay legal damage fees, Grubhub, Bite Squad. Fraud, false accusations, retaliation organized as illegal contact termination, travel and transportation. Every manager, every company has been capable of calculating and practicing an antidote to create mask and either avoid debate or boldly lie, and with attorney or judicial assistance avoid punishment. This behavior is known as provoke. These behaviors incite ill will, force of eviction and cause destructive tendencies. Now, during a pandemic, 
I am forced to dwell amongst drug dealers that handle bags and serve people drugs to continue through a hypnotic trance. To observe and be affected by the moronic state of mind that makes the decisions that slow people to this point, homelessness, and keep us here at the Salvation Army for their benefit. Like it's a plus to be threatened by the anger each person harnesses, due to anxiety from lack of drugs they're addicted to, and dumb asses who get in the way claiming organizations they do not understand. These stupid motherfuckers are a complete waste of time. And mind you, workers who claim the surroundings like it's theirs at point they're being told the truth about themselves. It is truly watching dumbass niggas try to out-analyze you without an ability or an idea. They would constantly slow us if we could not outthink them. Then, have the nerve to make more money than anyone at all and waste my motherfucking time. We are rushed out of this filthy unsanitary hole, some for many hours, three to six per day, to roam the streets or the public transport line. They are sending homeless outside to get the virus and bring it back to central locations. Complete and utter waste of time. Sit through this sick fucking shit like you do not have the choice to change this shit as a victim and or employee. Then, they play like it is a challenge to open the doors because they cannot afford it. They tell us they are not offered free water and electricity. If not, one can see why. The people that run these establishments are known for being cons who use religion as a cover. The owners and workers absorb people in distress, invite drug dealers and enable nuisance. It is negativity without positive basis nor substance. Workers treat slash offer those that notice with the worst of obstacles. By willpower, cause an argument, by suggestion create an issue of theft. Racialists are stopping us from working forcing us to rent unworthy spaces for more money. All the while they try to look like they are not the issue. Just like the US government, these bullshit establishments need to be whipped, wiped out, and re-established properly. But by simply a, fuck me, poor-ass rank and title think, they seek to get away with it. May those in position to create the positive change at our great leaders pursued, great ideas to strengthen and have died to offer progress and freedom, and do not create the positive change, suffer the fate they have caused the righteous and the willing. Mind you, since being at the Salvation Army and higher ground, I have 1. Studied and received five warehouse certifications. 2. Tried to pursue five lawsuits. 3. Remained actively searching for a job. 4. Remained as busy as possible creating graphic advertisements and founding a comedic group for dramatic slash and comedic production. 5. Aside from the one above, two new great business ideas. 6. Republished my first book, Worldwide. 7. Helped start a new publishing for the homeless. 8. Plan for a mural to cause positive progress. 9. Revised the Homeless Handbook. 10. 
Concepts for two foundation establishments for success over the issues I suffer. 11. Started writing a second book. 12. Retrieved ABCLP. 13. Filed and continued to report shelter troubles, metro transit challenges. 14. Began two new businesses. 15. Began to study blockchain. 16. Invested in crypto and stock.